Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. Today is Friday, October the 29th, 2021. A couple of days from Halloween for the kids out there. And a couple of days of phenomenal basketball in the NBA. So we are very excited today to go over a main slate of seven games that start at 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, on the way in here, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, give us a quick little comment or question. That combination really helps us move up the algorithm there at YouTube. And uh, if you have a chance, also hit the little bell button in the top corner. That will give you uh, an alarm or uh, let you know when every podcast post from DFS Coach Talk. And we're doing live podcasts, uh, 11 of them a week with Everyday NBA. Then we have NFL, uh, PGA, and MLB. So we would love to have you. If you're listening to an audio podcast, only two days left. If you want to win a free week membership, one full week at Coach Talk All Access, you do that if you're listening on Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeart, Apple Podcast, you name it, we're there. Uh, if you just give a quick five stars, whatever the rating is, we give you give us a nice rating, a quick comment, you're in for that drawing. And uh, our man Joe Stanton will be making that drawing here uh, on Sunday, on Halloween, the trick-or-treat. Somebody's going to get a treat of a full week of Coach Talk. So fantastic. All right, we're going to dive in, and we're going to go over this like we have been. We've had a lot of success early on in the NBA. A lot of great comments. Appreciate everybody uh, weighing in on YouTube and Twitter and every and, uh, everywhere else. So uh, appreciate that. All right, let's dive. Here we go. First game of the night. Uh, it's the only 7 p.m. Eastern start, and it happens to be the lowest total of the day as well. It's the Orlando Magic at the Toronto Raptors. Toronto is favored by eight, and the over-under is 210 and a half. Uh, the implied total for Orlando is 101.25. For Toronto, 109.25. So low game as far as the numbers go. Um, by the way, Orlando is four, uh, one and four. Toronto is two and three. And as far as injuries go, we've got uh, Michael Carter-Williams, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Etwan Moore, and Chuma Okiki all out. So half of their roster has been out since the beginning, hence uh, I'm sure some of something having to do with that one and four start. Um, for Toronto, uh, they the same two guys, Siakam and the Watanabe or Watanabe. I like saying both again. Uh, they're both out still. So not a whole lot of change on the injury front for either team. Let's talk about some guys right off the jump street here. Cole Anthony, my goodness, something uh, flipped the switch for him. Uh, last year as a rookie, he was decent, you know, held his own. Uh, but this year at times, he's just a ball dominant uh, stud in uh, for Orlando. I mean, he's really picked up all that, you know, lost uh, shots and usage and everything from last season when he first came to the Magic and they had Fournier and Vuk and all those guys. Uh, he's definitely one of the leaders on that team. 
He's all the way up to 6-5 now, so no more super value play here like we got away with for quite some time. Uh, but, you know, certainly something to consider the way he's played. Uh, that is sort of a big price. The other guys for uh, for me that I could consider from the Orlando side, you've got uh, Franz Wagner, who's made his number uh, barely, but he's getting there, but he's all the way up to 4.9, so a little bit out of the value number. The guy that is still a value to me is Wendell Carter. Uh, you know, he's uh, only 5.9, so to be, you know, sub-6 and still producing at a good rate, um, I think he's worth a look here. Uh, you can always go to Mo Bamba since uh, we've got an undersized Toronto team. They start Precious Achua at center, who's more of sized uh, for a four. And then Kim Birch, who's a little longer, comes in off the bench. But I think Bamba has a chance uh, for a really nice game. Problem is he's 6'6", so not huge value here for this game that you would think with all the low numbers. So not sure I'll go there, but I would consider Anthony uh, and Bamba personally. I know Jalen Suggs is going to have a breakout game one of these games, and he's 5-1, but just not comfortable going there. The only guy you can roll the dice on if you want, more of a GP play, GPP play for me, is Terrence Ross. I mean, you know, he always has big spurts where he's on fire during a game. Generally towards the end, he is a closer for them. Uh, but just so much, so much of a low floor, uh, high ceiling guy, you know, I'd, I'd keep him in the GPP side of things on the Toronto side. It's, it's pretty clear. I mean, they've, they've distinguished that they're going Van Vliet, Trent Barnes, Ananobi and Achua. That's going to be their starting five. They're going to come off the bench with Birch, Boucher, McKay, Luke, um, Dragic is, is, uh, shrunk down to not many minutes whatsoever, if any. So you got to keep an eye on him, uh, if he's going to fall out of that rotation or get, you know, he's been wanting to get traded before he even got there. So we'll see how that goes, but the increased usage and playing minutes for their main guys, uh, makes them in play. Uh, Van Vliet at eight, one is super high priced for a low scoring, lower pace game like this. So probably not going to go there, but these four guys are all priced right in my opinion. And you can definitely come out of here with at least one of them. And that's Trent at five Barnes at six, one Ananobi at six, eight and Achua at five, three. And of course I always refer to DraftKings prices at, uh, right now. So uh, those guys I'd look at, you know, Achua's done some good things. Ananobi has been a stud, man. He's, you know, he has been a mid-level price guy. I think he's getting closer to jumping into the 7K range here quick, just slightly under that now. But he's my first choice on that side. Uh, Trent has been heating up. I don't think he's a bad play at all at 5K, and he may make my lineup. Um, and, you know, we'll go from there. We don't want to have too much exposure. At most, one off on each side at that low total and low implied total game. All right. Let's go to game two. It's at 7.30 Eastern. It's the Indiana Pacers at the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn's a favored by eight. Totals the biggest on the board, 224. Um, you've got a 108 implied for Indiana, which is solid, and a big number, 116 for the Nets. 
So Nets exposure looking like it may be very integral in this build on this Friday. Um, let's take a look real quickly at um, the Indiana Pacers at one and four. Their injuries are uh, Levert questionable. So we need that news. He was questionable the last game and didn't play. So he's getting close. And that completely blows up the rotation for Indiana. Uh, Martin is questionable. But here's the key. Brogdon is now out. So with Brogdon out, Jackson and Warren remain out. So uh, that changes everything for Indiana. Brooklyn is a disappointing two and three. Still getting used to this whole Irving uh, being gone and Harden trying to adjust in this new uh, league of you throw your legs out or lean a little bit one way or the other. You're going to get called for an offensive foul. And it's hurt some guys, but nobody more than James Harden. I think it's in his head, and you know that causes me a little concern there until he gets used to it. But uh, Claxton is questionable. That's important, and uh, you know we know Kyrie's not with the team. So um, let's talk a little bit about this matchup again. We've got uh, probably the value play of the day, or one of them is T.J. McConnell at five point five, um, especially if we don't get a return of Levert, because with Brogdon completely out, uh, the ball handling, you know, is going to fall in McConnell's lap. And we remember several times last year, including one time where he almost broke the all time single game assist record last year. You know, when he gets the minutes, he produces and, you know, it's against James Harden defense. I think they're going to put Bruce Brown on Duarte or Levert if Levert plays. So I think, you know, McConnell's a great play at 5.5. I know he'll be everybody's darling value play. Everybody remembers when they got to play him last year and he smashed the slate. So, you know, I'm not, I don't get off my seat excited to roster a value guy when I know he's going to be chalky. And I do think McConnell will be because people are going to want, uh, definitely want exposure to this game on top of it. Uh, but you got to, you got to look at it for sure. Um, Duarte at 5'5", five, five. Levert at 7'6". I can't imagine he comes in here and plays 30-some minutes first game back after a long uh, long time out. So not really crazy about that, uh, either one of those guys. You know, I guess where you can look is the bigs. I mean, Sabonis is always rosterable. He's 9'4". Um, you know, he's definitely can overmatch them inside with a, a smaller front line of Durant and Griffin. And then they'll bring Aldridge in, who's not a five either. If Claxton is ruled out, they're probably not going to play anybody that's a true center. So they won't have a real five the whole game. And that makes a lot of interest for me. If I want to pay up at Sabonis at 9-4, I was fortunate enough to get out and, and play Turner the last game. And he really did well after majorly crushing everybody on a couple of outings prior to that, but he's only five, four. So when you're talking a $4,000 savings from Sabonis, uh, you got to think about it. And so both of those guys are in play one or the other and uh, McConnell. So more than likely going to have uh, two guys from this game representing for the Brooklyn side, <clears throat> the aforementioned James Harden. He's still nine, six, not hitting his number at all. And, you know, the question is, when is he going to have that breakout game? You know it's coming. Uh, this could be the matchup for him. 
certainly uh, if they had Brogdon, Brogdon defends Harden pretty well, but it's going to be a little bit tougher chore for who, whoever is on him. So even though he's nine, six and, you know, which is understandable for Harden, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those scenarios where until we see <clears throat> the flip, the switch flip, it makes it a little bit tough, but um, I certainly want to be on him when it does. So there's some consider <clears throat> some consideration there. Excuse me. Too early in the morning for the vocal cords to be stretched and ready to roll. <clears throat> All right. After that, Brown and Harris don't interest me. Griffin's going to get some extra minutes at four seven, but he's just not a producer anymore. And, and they'll rotate guys in there even if Claxton is out. I mean, he's okay, but KD's at 10-3, which is a pretty big number. Um, you know, if Levert's in, they'll probably put Levert on him right off the bat, but if Levert doesn't play, they don't really have a good matchup for him. They'll try to put some stretch guys like Holiday or Lamb on him, stuff like that, but I prefer Durant as my top play in this game. I think it feels like a KD game to me. Um, would love to be able to go KD and Sabonis and McConnell, but I'm not sure I can afford both KD and Sabonis, so I may do a little juggle in there, but that's the way that initial game is looking to me. All right, we're going to go to game three. It is also a 7.30 Eastern game. It is the Charlotte Hornets against the Miami Heat. Miami is favored by six. Uh, then you've got a 221.5 over under, very reasonable, two formidable uh numbers for each with the implied total of 107.75 for charlotte and a healthy 113.75 uh for miami you've got uh the hornets are four and one and they have terry rogier for the every single all five games terry rogier has been either out or questionable and he has not laced them up yet so not going to count him in and then it looks like P.J. Washington is doubtful or, or some places haven't ruled out already. So that, you know, definitely thins the interior uh, for Charlotte. Uh, on the Miami side, you've got uh, Bam probable, Lowry probable. I'm counting those two in. I think they play. Oladipo remains out. So in breaking this down a bit here, you know, it's a good game. Should be a fun game to watch. Um you know, Miami's three and one, by the way. So they're four and one and three and one. These two game teams, both off to a great start. Uh, a couple of things you can look at. LaMelo Ball at 8-3, if you want to go that direction. You know, if Rogier sits especially, Ball's been better. Uh, but he's got that Miami defense. Lowry, you know, is crafty. And then, of course, with Butler and Bam and Tucker, I mean, they're a defensive juggernaut. But, you know, they have been giving up some points. And point guards have been uh, okay against uh, the Heat. So, Ball, I think, is in play. Uh, Gordon Hayward's been a go-to guy at 6'9", but he's not going to be the go-to guy with for me with Jimmy Butler guarding him. Um, the guy that's blown the, the roof off the, the gymnasium here is Miles Bridges. He is having his finally having his breakout season that we expected with from when he was drafted as a rookie. He's all the way up to 7-3, but he deserves it. He's been absolutely awesome. He's doing it all over the floor. 
you know, now with no PJ Washington, they're shorthanded. I know the only problem is he gets probably PJ Tucker defense, which is no picnic for anybody, but man, he's just so much more athletic and can jump out of the building. I don't know if Tucker can check him. I mean, they, you know, they may put Bam on him at times as well because he's so much of an interior player, uh, which, you know, that creates a little bit of a mismatch for Mason Plumley. You know, Mason Plumley is not a bad play. He's been playing better than people realize, but he's 6'4", which is rough. Bam's only 7'8", so there's not that much of a discrepancy there. So it's tough because I feel like the guys have gotten a little overpriced in this game for some reason. Uh, I mean, I I think Ball is terrific. Um, Bridges and Plumley all deserve a, a definite mention. Um, if Rogier sits, uh, also Kelly Oubre, who's been starting at that uh, two spot form, is five nine. They've been getting great bench contribution. If you want to go way down to Cody Martin at three point six and Ish Smith at three point eight, both of those guys are you know big reason why they only have one loss. So. It's a tough one. Uh, I definitely want some exposure from Charlotte, but because of pricing and positionality matchup, <clears throat> it becomes very difficult. I may not have um, uh, much here from that side, but I would like to find a way to make it work. Uh, Kyle Lowry, his numbers are down. You sort of expected that with a much, much better cast of uh, teammates than he had in Toronto. 7-1 still a little high for me. Uh, Duncan Robinson has continued to be a bit, you know, scoring dependent at 4-5. You know, the guys you can look at here, I think, are Jimmy Butler at 8-7. I think he's he should have a really, really solid game. Um, and Bam Adebayo at 7.8 uh, also is very interesting. So, you know, Butler... Bam, do you spend up for one of those guys? I'm planning on it. Uh, can't afford both of them, but Butler at 8-7 and Bam at 7-8, I think will do very, very well. Um, after that, Tyler Heroes up to 6-6. Certainly a chance to smash the slate at any time. I still like that sub-7 price for a guy that can uh, you know, really overpower it. It just gets a little bit tougher because when Lowry had sat, it's such an easy play. But when he plays, uh, Hero gets minutes. He gets decent minutes. Um, so it's a little bit tough. It's a, it's a hard call to pull the trigger there. But uh, certainly a GPP consideration, big time. All right. <clears throat> Let's go to game four. We've got the Sacramento Kings at 8 o'clock uh, Eastern against the New Orleans Pelicans. Strong over under here as well. Sacramento favored by two on the road. How about that? And that is uh, 220 over under, 111 total for the Kings, 109 for the Pelicans. This game intrigues me a lot, and I think this is going to be my most exposed game uh, on the slate. I just think there's a lot of potential in this game uh, because of matchups, uh, position, defensive ratings for against each team. Just the analytics really match up for this game uh, to be something, you know, that can be a, a shifter of the slate. You've got two teams, you know, Sacramento's two and two, but they're the Sacramento. The Pelicans off to a pretty bad start at one and four, obviously with no Zion still. 
Uh, Josh Hart's been the guy that's been questionable for the last several games. Uh, we need to know if he's going to be back. That really helps. Temple is um, doubtful and no reported injuries for Sacramento. So where am I going to go in this game? Why is it a game I'm looking at? Well, De'Aaron Fox, I think in this game, just a perfect fit. And same thing with Tyrese Halliburton. I think at 6-1, Fox at 8-4, both getting real strong consideration for me. I think their price is fair against a, a Graham Alexander Walker backcourt. Uh, and especially if Josh Hart remains out, there's just not a lot of defense with the guys off the bench from there, like Murphy, uh, Kyra Lewis, Najee Marshall, Herb Jones. Those guys are just very okay, not great by any stretch. Um, they do get Jackson Hayes off the bench at 3-5 that can back up Joval, but Joval's playing good ball, so not really looking to go to Jackson. Um, back on to the, you know, the Sacramento side, you know, Harrison Barnes, that shot he hit, wow, what a shot to win the game the other day, and he's played great. We were just talking about the fact that it's pretty amazing that he's played playing such high level ball. I mean, he's playing as well as he did, you know, second year in the, in the leagues or so when the Warriors were roaring over everybody, he was just dominant at times and he's looking great again, but he's seven, four. So you have to pay up, but man, I would like to take him today coming off that hot streak and hitting that game winner. I mean, he's, he's been very consistent and pretty much of a, safe cash play thus far. So I'm going to consider him. I always consider Rashawn Holmes because he's just always underpriced. Had a decent game the last game out. He's only 5'8", so you don't have to buy all the way down at center if you want to try to save some of that salary. So really for me, I'm I'm considering uh, Fox, Halliburton, Barnes, and Holmes. Not all of them, probably two at the most. Uh, and then you've got the mixture of what causes me a little concerned why it might end up being one guy from this team is you're getting some great minutes from Buddy Hield and Davion Mitchell off the bench. And, you know, those guys mix it up a little bit, spread the minutes a little bit, and that causes me just a bit of concern. But uh, definitely Sacramento looking a little bit better, playing better as a team. So anyway, we will see. Uh the next on with the Pelican side of the ball, um, you know, where do we look there? Definitely wouldn't wouldn't mind having some exposure. Uh, B.I. is the guy, man. I, you know, Brandon Ingram, another 8.7, which is scary, um, you know, uh, but something to consider. Joe Val's been much better than people thought. I mean, I I was just shocked. I argued, I remember had a big Twitter argument. People thought that trade where they gave up Adams to get Joe Val was somewhat of a wash with two plug centers, blah, blah, blah. I could not disagree more. I mean, Adams has done fine. He's a rebounder. He's not a offensive a threat that much, but Joe Val's the real ticket, man. I mean, Memphis ran a lot of stuff through him and to him last year, and the Pelicans are starting to do that as well. And until Zion gets back, that'll hog all that stuff in the, in the paint, which he should, Joe Val's on the slate for me. I mean, he, I like him. I know he's 8'5", so no one ever wants to pay up that high for Joe Val. And I do respect Holmes' defense, but Joe Val's big. He's a lot bigger than Holmes. He outweighs him. 
Uh, he's just a bigger source. The only thing that concerns me, and uh, why I always am reluctant when I'm just about to push the button on Joe Val, is he does have foul problems sometimes. And he, he gets into that where he just can't help himself from reaching or trying to strip. You know, you just can't. That's such a killer when you have a guy like that at 8'5 that you're counting on. And he has two fouls in the first three and a half minutes. You know, you want to just turn the TV off at that point. So I don't know. You know, I like B.I. the best here. I could consider Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think that his potential in this game is strong. I do need to know if Josh Hart plays, though, because that changes everything. If he plays without any restrictions at 5-1, I think he's a reasonable play himself. If he doesn't play, they've been playing sort of scrub city at that role. Sorry to say that, Herb Jones and some of the guys that have filled that starting spot. But it has allowed much better usage for Graham, Alexander Walker, Ingram, and Valachunas because they're pretty much playing four men on offense. So let's see what happens there. Follow us. You can follow us in Discord uh, throughout the day. We'll follow all of this news, not only just the stuff that that comes up there on Fantasy Labs and everything else. We have a, a pretty intense scrutiny of what's going on in the NBA, what's going on with the news. We follow all the beat writers. Uh, we, we stay up to speed, you know, again, on all the social media sites for the teams and really try to get a jump on everybody else with rotations, who's starting and everything else. Friday is the best day to join Coach Talk, seriously, because if you just buy the three-day pass, you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you're going to get a ton of NBA basketball all three days. You're going to get the World Series. You're going to get all of the football on Sunday. And all for $10. And our golf, we put out golf lineups tonight for the weekend only uh, for the Bermuda Championship. So you're going to, again, when you join Coach Talk, you get everything we've got. We don't break it up by sport, charge extra for anything. It's you're in, you're part of the family, you go. So three days, all weekend through 10 bucks, you cannot, you know, miss out on that. If you want to go for more, make sure you get that Monday night football in there. We have a five-day pass for 19. Then we have several other different options for you. So just go to dfscoachtalk.com and, and join us. We'll immediately get you in our Discord. You'll get to hear all the news for everything that we have going in, all of our podcasts and projections. We have a, a partnership with Pro Football Focus that handles uh, all of our numbers and, and statistics and analytics. Our, our man, uh, director of analytics, John Wehausen, will be posting that uh, in our uh, Discord throughout the weekend. We also have some members uh, that are uh, really active in that. Make It Happen is one of our members, and he's always posting info, Fantasy Labs numbers, and uh, breakouts of, of several different areas where uh, we're, we're all having a chance to look at all those statistics to figure out what we want to build. And it, it does really help. It gives everybody a leg up and our community shares all that information. So we would love to have you. Um, you can also follow us uh, on Twitter. We're all at DFS Coach Talk. I am at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Andrew is at Language Olympic. And uh, we know Crash is at JP Davis 1982, which I got that right two 
podcasts in a row, Josh. So how about that? All right. We have, what do we have left here? We have three games. The Dallas Mavericks at the Denver Nuggets. It's a 10 o'clock game. Bizarre game for the Mavs last night. They were down 25 to 5 against a, a lousy Spurs team and found a way to win. So I'll take it. But now they have to go to Denver. And the $100 million question is, is the Joker going to play or not? Because that's going to change everything about this game. It's almost not worth talking about this game a ton until we know about Joker. I mean, that's completely shift the whole slate, whether he plays or not. Anyway, this game, Denver's favored by one and a half. It's a 220 and a half over under. Dallas implied 109.5, Denver 111. So according to Vegas, they're not expecting Joker to play. You can tell in this number. This number would be four or five if the jo- if Vegas thought the Joker was playing. I'm just saying. Um, also, Injury-wise, you've got Trey Burke, who refuses to get the vaccine, so he is now in COVID protocol. Boban is uh, probable, so he should be back. Sterling Brown and Porzingis, both questionable. What a shock. Porzingis is questionable. For Denver, again, the Joker, literally a questionable tag. He wants to play. I don't know if they want him to play. Yeah, that we're not going to know that news right away. So we're we're going to have to follow this because, again, the, it's a domino effect here. If the Joker plays and he doesn't have restrictions, Dallas is having a hell of a time stopping Biggs. I don't know how you don't play him. I mean, he's on records pace, uh, but he is extremely expensive. So well, you know, that injury news changes you know, the whole dynamic. And now if he sits, you've got a bunch of other play guys in play for Denver. Uh, it affects certainly uh, Dallas uh, as far as who, who you want to roster up there as uh, also. All right, let's, uh, let's see this game. We've got, um, yeah, the Mavericks are three and one and the Nuggets are two and two, by the way. And sorry about that. Um, so let's look at the breakdown a little bit. We've got Luca, who's been very underwhelming. He really didn't even get close last night to uh, making his number. A little bit frustrating there. Uh, so not not. I don't know where to go with that one. He's 11K, which is a lot. Uh, the offense is just stagnant. Um, you know, he can get 75, 80 fantasy points any night. And tonight may be another night, but being that it's a back-to-back, they're going into Denver with the altitude. Luca's not playing great ball. I am reluctantly probably going to fade him. So I'd like to spread my money out elsewhere. Um, and again, I, I do want that Joker news. Um, other than that, Hardaway, bad game. Finney Smith, you can't count on. Powell stinks. Uh, Jalen Brunson's been a star. <clears throat> he's the guy that that I'm very interested in. He's 4.8. He's been so consistently good off the bench, and that price is so cheap. Not going to dive into the Maxi Kleba 3.3. I think that's going to be a fake, uh, chalkier value guy for a lot of people because he had his career game for blocks yesterday with six, and he did break the slate. But I don't see that on a back-to-back game, uh, not with some of the interior of Denver with or without um, 
you know, on the Joker, but I respect him. I, you know, I think he's going to get more minutes. Uh, Bullock started, he was a dud. Uh, so yeah, I'm not high on the Mavs right now. I know that they're only have one loss and they've squeezed by three games, but not, not feeling real comfortable with them going into this game. Um, all the others skabooge off the bench. I mean, no, it's, uh, it's, you know, Bullock, Brown, Collie Stein, Natalie Keena getting minutes now, you know, all of the, I mean, they, they're going fairly deep, <clears throat> but, uh, not a ton of production. They're just sneaking by games. So Porzingis, if he plays, certainly would change a bit of the minutes, uh, but probably not going to be heavy on Denver, even with a decent line here of the over, I'm sorry, of Dallas, with, even with a decent line of 220 and a half. On the Denver side, you know, it's Michael Porter's been awful. Aaron Gordon's been inconsistent. Uh, you know, if the Joker plays, he's going to make my lineup if he doesn't. You know, how does it shuffle things? Jermichael Green probably comes into play. I hate to say that, but he's 3.1. He'll probably start at center, and I think that he's a good play. I also want to make sure Monty Morris is good. He's been dinged a little bit. If he does happen to sit, Composo becomes a good value at 3.4. So we're going to have some good value open up here. I mean, it's looking more and more already super early this morning like it could be a stars and scrubs slate. So we need to see how that goes. Barton certainly in play at five, nine. Um, <clears throat> and I think, you know, once we find out about Jokic, we'll be able to come up with some plays there, but I, I do want exposure to this game, but I'm not going to be diving all over by any stretch. All right. Game number six. It is the Los Angeles Clippers and Portland trailblazers. Uh, it is Portland by two and a half, 223 over under. Implied total for the Clippers, 110.25. Portland, 112.75. So uh, this is a good game. I like this game as far as DFS goes. It's my second favorite game on the slate. I think you got some good potential plays here. Let's look at, uh, from an injury standpoint, what's going on. We know the Clippers are one and three. Portland's two and two. So rough start for the Clippers, you know, no Kawhi prop maybe for the whole season. And they have other guys banged up. <clears throat> Johnson questionable, Ibaka out, Leonard out, Morris out, Preston out. So that hurts. Morris gave him a good lift last year when Kawhi was out, and he's out as well. So it definitely hurts there. Um, for Portland, the news we need is Norman Powell questionable. Once again, he did not play the last game. Tony Snell is out. All right, what does that look like for our rotation? Let's take a look here. <clears throat> We've got Reggie Jackson at 6'1", so he's not cheap. Bledsoe at 5'7". I do like to target uh, the Portland backcourt, so I will consider probably Jackson over Bledsoe, but both guys have been playing okay. Bledsoe certainly has played better than people thought he would. He was sort of on the scrap heap, um, but <clears throat> he's earned that starting spot with them. Paul George is a big number at 10K. So we have to see, you know, is that going to pay off? He hasn't been getting to his number either. Uh, he's getting all that defensive pressure, but, you know, he's dangerous here. I like him a bit as a buy-up. I think that he might be a nice play. I think the 10K, if he was 9-9, he'd probably be more popular. But that I think that 10K number scares people, but he certainly can 
throw 65, you know, six, seven X um, for George is possible. So he, he's a guy I'm looking at. <clears throat> Don't want to go with Batum, Zubats. Man off the bench at four, six can be good at times, but really it's, I'm going to look probably more at either Jackson or Bledsoe and then along with George. Um, on the Portland side, interesting game. You know, Dame's 9-3, which is fair for him. McCollum's 7-9. Both guys certainly deserve interest. Um, after that, though, you know, Nurkic at 7K is a very fair price. And I think, you know, he can actually outquick Zubots. So, you know, Nurk's in play for me. Um, the key factor is, is he going to get, you know, full minutes? They've been making some changes. Nance has been playing uh, Cody Zeller's been a, a good backup, <clears throat> but I think on, on that side of the ball, I do like exposure here to either Lillard McCollum and then Nurkic. So like I say, you know, the, the, the Clippers trailblazers game for sure is going to get a lot of interest for me as well as the Pacers nets game. I think you really, I'm really interested in, uh, in those two games at this point to, to get some strong leverage and some solid plays. All right. <clears throat> Last game on the slate. It is definitely the late night sweat game. I do like that there's two 10 o'clock and a 1030. That's nice for the late slate. We may have to do an after hours for our members uh, for that three gamer in the evening. In fact, we'll probably add that. All right. Last game, Cleveland Cavaliers, Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers blowing a 26 point lead against Oklahoma City. I thought I had seen everything of all these years of basketball, but I've seen something more shocking. I'm, that was unbelievable. So how will they respond? Who's in? Who's out? That's the million-dollar question here. Lakers are favored by 8.5. It's a 219.5 over-under. Cavs, Cleveland Cavaliers, 105.5 implied. Lakers, a big, fat 114 implied. So, you know, we know that the Lakers are two and three, Cavaliers three and two. I bet you you didn't think Cavaliers would have a better record than the Lakers uh, five games into the season. As far as injuries, Okoro remains out for Cleveland, which has been given marketing a bump in time. And then you've got all of these scenarios. Ant uh, Anthony Davis, probable. Wayne Ellington, questionable. LeBron James, questionable at once again with that ankle. Rondo, questionable. Ariza out, Horton Tucker out for quite a while, and none out. So, yes, the Lakers have been dinged hard on injuries, and that has certainly affected a bunch of things here. So, you know, again, I, I hate to say this, but, uh, you know, the early podcast here, we just, we're not going to know this probably until later afternoon, actually, but we need the news here. We need to know, you know, if LeBron's in or out, uh, you know, all of this news is going to be huge. But as far as Cleveland goes, you know, they're getting decent production from Garland and Sexton, 6.6 and 6.5. And they're getting great uh, contribution from Ricky Rubio, uh, 5.6. I mean, I, I don't know what uh, he's playing with the same confidence he did in the Olympics where he was the leading scorer in the Olympics, even over Luka. And he's carried that in. He looks great. He's shooting the ball well. So the only thing that it's done for me, though, is I used to try to go after a Garland or Sexton here and there. But the fact that Rubio's grabbing a chunk of that usage and being effective with it, the three guard rotation there is a little bit 
you know, off-putting to me. So I'm not probably not going to go there uh, in this matchup. I do think Markkinen, if if LeBron doesn't play, I think Markkinen is, is a guy that I'm interested in. If he if LeBron does play and guard him, I think that's going to be a big problem. Here's the thing that's amazing. I've avoided bigs against the Lakers, big men, from last year and prior when the Lakers had number one uh, defense. Their interior was just awesome. And then you just look at it, you figure it's going to be better this year. Anthony Davis, DeAndre Jordan, and Dwight Howard, are you kidding me? But guess what? They're giving up numbers to centers. And it's I know it's a super small sample size. You know, you can't really count on five games or whatever being able to tell you what the real deal is, especially when their interior defense has been good. But they haven't had this exact rotation. Jordan and Howard weren't on the team last year. So for whatever reason, um, their interior has been terrible defensively. This first group, first half, or no, first five games of the season. So that does bring Mobley and Allen into play for me because they're 6'8 and 6'2, which is very reasonable. And you have to think about it. You know, I'm not going to play both, but one or the other, I think, is is very doable. And there's no reason to, to run from that uh, interior defense from the Lakers at this point. So there's a potential there. Uh, none of the other Cavs uh, interest me at all. On the Lakers side, you know, Russ at 9'7". He has 19 turnovers in the last two games. He went nine turnovers and 10 turnovers. That's hard to do, 19 turnovers in two games. And that murders you. You lose a half a point on DraftKings. You lose a full point on Fantle. So you, you can't afford uh, to, you know, to lose all those points. And I, you know, I got on Westbrook a little bit, and I, now I'm starting to fade back out. But here's the problem. I love to attack the Cleveland backcourt. Everybody that listens to this knows it. And Russ, if you know, if LeBron doesn't play, I'm going to go back to Russ. And that's painful because I hate turnovers. And that's a concern for me. But it's just Lakers need to win. They're pissed off from blowing that game in Oklahoma City. They're going against a terrible backcourt defense. And it's Russ. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm almost tempted to go with him even if LeBron does play, but I doubt I would at that point. But if LeBron sits, I'm going to plug and play Westbrook, and that that hurts my stomach thinking about it, but I'm going to do it. Now, if LeBron does play, then I will rethink it. If LeBron's on a no-minutes uh, restriction or anything at 9-9, he's only 200 more than Westbrook, I'd probably uh, switch to LeBron. Um, AD at 9-5. You know, he's AD. He's putting up numbers like crazy. He does have to go against the double bigs in Mos uh, Mobley and Allen. So a lot of the, the stuff that he gets in the paint, putbacks, tips, everything, a little bit tougher when you got two seven-footers out there. So uh, Davis, a little notch below James, a uh, little notch below Westbrook if James sits, but we need that news. After that, you know, I've gone with Malik Bunk at the 4K. He's gotten big minutes. He's been okay. He's gotten, you know, some somewhat there, but nothing overwhelming. Carmelo's been super inconsistent. The rest of the guys, Reeves, you know, I know some people will go with him because he's getting minutes now. You know, but you got Rondo, Avery Bradley. These guys are all grabbing some minutes, which makes it very difficult. So may just focus on the main guys here. 
uh, once the news drops and we get all of that information together. All right, that is it, my friends. Seven up, seven down uh, fairly quickly, and we're going to get this out. So you got it nice and early in the morning. Uh, check all of it out. Come and uh, check us out, though. We'd love to have you. Give us a, a shout out, uh, dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up there. Um, certainly planning on just absolutely hammering away at all four sports this weekend, basketball, baseball, football, and golf. Tons of action, tons of fun, and we've got a bunch of winners for you. So really appreciate you listening in today. Hope you have an awesome Friday and an awesome weekend. Uh, one of my favorite pods of the week is tomorrow morning. You'll get myself and Josh Crash Davis doing the NBA, and we have a lot of fun with that. Uh, we may build a two brains are better than one NBA lineup for the first time this season tomorrow. So tune in for that one. It'll be out tomorrow morning for the nice Saturday slate. All right. Again, thank you. Best of luck today. And we'll certainly be back again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.